0: Welcome to Watching Your Wallet from Investigate TV, I'm Rebecca Paulsha. In today's show we'll talk about how much time Americans spend online and how to have good credit. Plus the average cost of a wedding may surprise you, but first, social media, video games, and other electronics, they can be a total time suck. As Rachel DePompa tells us, more than a half of teens and young adults admit to spending too much time on social media according so to the Family Online Safety Institute. She has tips to help make your child's online experience safer in this edition of Watching Your Wallet.
1: Maybe your child is getting their first tablet, or they are about to start middle school. Experts say it's always good to check in with your child about their online habits. And it's not just a one-and-done conversation. Stephen Balcom, the CEO of Fosse, the Family Online Safety Institute, says, you should be talking to your child about their online activities several times a month.
0: Set aside five, 10, 15 minutes, maybe once a week to, to engage with your kids. Kids love to talk about digital technology. They love to talk about where they're going.
1: And kids also mimic the behavior they are seeing. So Balcom says, make sure you are being a good digital role model too. We get complaints from kids that they can't get their parents' attention. Mom's always on Facebook. Dad's always just checking his email at a dinner. Kids will do what you do, not what you tell them to do. If your child is playing games online, read up on the parental controls of the device that they are using, whether it's a PlayStation or an Xbox or a personal computer. Also, know the game's rating, how to disable the chat, and how to disable any credit cards attached to an account. Fosse has created a one-page safety agreement that you can download at Fosse.org. There are some suggested rules for online time and there are even blank lines, a place for you and your child to fill out together and create your own rules for online activities. With this, watching your wallet, I'm Rachel DePampa.
0: If you're one of the millions of Americans planning a wedding, the latest data from WeddingWire shows the average cost in the U.S. is around $22,500 and this watching your wallet, consumer investigator Rachel DePompa talks to a financial expert about ways you can save.
1: Weddings are costly and the number one advice from experts, if you are planning to walk down the aisle, be flexible. The venue is your biggest expense depending on what state you live in. The average cost according to WeddingWire is $6,000. Nate Johnson, a wealth management advisor with Merrill Lynch says, While you are in the planning stages, it's important for the family members to be on the same page in terms of budget.
0: Everybody goes into a wedding and a a wedding ceremony with different priorities. It may be that folks care a whole lot about the reception or the ceremony or the venue or the food or what have you, but everybody has constraints. He
1: says it's still pretty traditional for the bride side of the family to cover the costs associated with the ceremony and reception, and the groom side of the family to cover the costs associated with the rehearsal dinner and maybe any excursions around the wedding weekend. He says, make sure both families talk and are okay with that and are open and honest about what they're expecting and the priorities. With this, watching your wallet, I'm Rachel DePampa.
0: In our country, there is a lot that revolves around credit. So improving your credit score is always a good thing. But understanding how to do that can be challenging. Consumer investigative reporter Rachel DePampa looks at some of the top credit questions and answers in this edition of Watching Your Wallet.
1: The Biden administration temporarily expanded the public service loan forgiveness program during the pandemic. The program was enacted by Congress in 2007. It provides student loan forgiveness to borrowers who commit to working in public service careers for 10 years or longer. We're talking about nonprofit or government jobs. There were several requirements and the program never really approved that many borrowers. It was plagued with problems over the years because of complex rules and poor oversight. Now for a limited time, borrowers may receive credit for past periods of repayment that otherwise would not qualify for PSLF. But the deadline to fill out the waiver is set to expire on October 31st. In the past, the Perkins, the FFE loans would not qualify for student loan forgiveness. Any payments toward those loans would not qualify. Well, through the new program now, if you had old loans and you were paying those, those qualify. Sherry Dale, a financial coach with the Virginia Credit Union, says it's worth it to fill out the waiver if you were denied in the past or think you may qualify now. According to the Department of Education, this temporary expansion of the student loan forgiveness program for people working in public service jobs has already resulted in more than $8 billion in student loan cancellations for thousands of borrowers. The deadline, again, is October 31st. With this, watching your wallet, I'm Rachel DePampa.